This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. This is a show that brings to the forefront newsmakers, entertainers, and those making a difference in our lives and in our world. Each week is a new adventure with topics ranging from the most serious and cutting edge to the most lighthearted and entertaining. This is Taking Care of Business with Richard Solomon. Greetings, everyone. This is Richard Solomon, Taking Care of Business. If you want to be the happiest at the happiest place on earth, you need to talk to Eric Paul. Eric Paul is with us this week, and he is with bestdisneytrips.com. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, you have an, So basically, you're a concierge for Disney trips, right? Yes, exactly. Disney can kind of be overwhelming to to people out there who are planning a trip because there there's, there's so many food options, there's so many entertainment options, there's so many places to stay and how to get there and whether you hop from park to park and which characters to see. How do you help people navigate all of that? Well, you're exactly right, Rich. You know, the number one word I always use with Disney is overwhelming. It's a very overwhelming place. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to see. There's a lot of decisions that have to be made. So we really try and help people kind of navigate through all of that to give them the best trip and best experience that 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 they could possibly have. Um, you know, in uh, doing that, there's there's just a lot of questions that have to be asked, and you know, we 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 go really in depth with 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 all our clients because you know obviously every family is different um i've never done a concierge service for any family that's been exactly the same as anybody else um i've done all types of families all boys all girls uh large groups 15 people 30 people i once did a 70 year old couple um so you know we 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 really have um you know worked with all different types of sizes and, uh, you know, different types of likes and dislikes. And, you know, we really try and cater everyone's trips to exactly what it is they're looking for and, most importantly, what their kids are looking for because most people um, are, are obviously going there for, for their kids. What is the youngest age to actually have someone go to Disneyland, to Disney World, and, and really get something out of it? You know, I, 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 there's a lot of questions that I get a lot. This is one of them. Um, and it's funny. I always tell people I'm the wrong person to ask because when I've always gone to Disney, I've always gone for me. I've taken my, my, my kids when they were three months old, six months old. But for, for, you know, a, a, a younger family, I'd say, you know, probably two to three is when they'll really, you know, start to kind of get enjoyment out of it. Um, that's, that's not to say that, you know, a one-year-old can't, can't enjoy it because obviously, you know, seeing all the characters and everything and, you know, there's just so much going on, um, you know, parades and fireworks and, and shows and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'd probably say two and three is probably the perfect age to at least start, start thinking about a trip to Disney. Now, when you start thinking about a trip to Disney, how far in advance is the ideal starting point? Depends on depends on the time of year that you want to go, um, but I will always tell people, you know, if you can give me at least six months' notice, 
that at least will help me to get you pretty much everything that you want to do. And by that, I mean the uh, dining reservations. Uh, dining is a huge part of Disney, and Disney lets people start making dining reservations 180 days in advance. Um, and with that, it, it includes all, all of the princess char character meals, which are probably the most popular things there, as well as what they call the uh, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, which is the princess dress up for all the girls. Um, so those reservations can, can, can start being made six months in advance. Um, so if I had my, if, if I had my choice with all my clients, I would say I would, I would love for you to book six, six months out. That's not to say that I can't plan you a great trip um, with, with less notice, I can. I mean, I've had people call me on a Wednesday saying that, that, that they want to go that weekend. And, you know, we'll just, we'll just, you know, do, do the best we can. Um, and, uh, you know, make, make them the best possible trip, you know, with, with whatever time that we have. How far out does Disney allow you to, to reserve, uh, into the future? So it, that also kind of depends on the time of year. Um, like, like, uh, a, a couple of months ago, they, they basically released, um, all, all of the, um, nightly rates for all the rooms for all of 2018. So probably somewhere, um, about the end of the summer is, you know, when, when we can book for the entire following year. Um, but, you know, Disney tends to come out with, with different promotions at, at, as you get closer. So like for right now, we're, we're, we're basically working on promotions that kind of run into the spring. But even for people that want to book, you know, for next fall or next winter, you know, we always encourage them, you know, let us book you a room just, just to hold it. Um, and it's really a minimal amount to hold it with, with any Disney package. They only require a $200 deposit that's fully refundable just, just to hold a room. And then we can make any sort of changes to that, you know, as, as we get closer to it. So once promotions come out, we, you know, we, we'll always work with our clients to try and have their, have, have their Disney packages, um, re, repriced depending on what, what, what promotions have, have kind of come out. Um, but you know, but to answer your question really depends on the time of year, but you know, for, for the most part, it's, it's typically about, um, a year, you know, a year in advance, some, I'd say probably 12 to, to 14, 16 months in advance. I guess, you know, certain times of the year have tremendous demand, you know, the spring break time, uh, the Christmas winter break time. Uh, what, what are the ones, what are the ones that you can share with us that you really need to be on top of to really make sure you can, if, if you're on a, in a high demand time, what are those times? Yeah. So the busiest times of the year are, are exactly what you said, which are basically the, the break weeks that kind of run with the schools in the uh, Northeast, which are, um, Christmas week, Thanksgiving week. Easter week and also the, the, uh, fe the February break. Um, those weeks will, will always be the busiest, um, of any year. So I typically get people, um, f for those weeks booking probably closer to a year out, um, even, even eight, eight to 10 months out, you know, just, just to ensure that we get the hotel that they want and the room that they want and, and, uh, so on and so forth. You know, that's, that's not to say that, you know, even 
you know, now, now we're in December. I mean, I'm, I'm getting calls for people that want to go in February. Um, and there's, there's still plenty of availability. Um, you know, it just might not be the exact hotel or, or the exact room that they want. But, you know, Disney does a great job, um, with, with all of their properties. And, you know, I always tell people, you know, cause we're always deciding between different properties and, you know, um, benefits of one over another. And I always tell people, look, I go, when you're staying at a Disney property, you're, you're going to be happy. Um, it's just, you know, there's, there's, there's little types of advantages to, to some over another. It could be a location. It could be transportation. It could be pools, activities, you know, things, things like that. Do you, what was, do you remember the first time you went to Disney? Um, you know, I, I grew up on Long Island and, you know, pretty much lived there for the first, uh, 40 years of my life. Um, but I do, I mean, I always remember because I had family down in Florida and, uh, I, I want to say I was probably three or four. Um, and uh, I mean, from there I was, I was, I was just kind of hooked. I mean, I, I always joke with people, I can go to an all day insurance seminar if it was on a ride, just because <laughs> I just think rides are the, the, the greatest invention because it, it can make the most, you know, uninteresting thing just seem a lot of fun. And so I just, I, I just love the amusement parks. Um, and then I, I happened to go, um, I, I went to college down, down in Miami. So we went a lot when I was in college. And then once, once I, once I met my wife and then we, you know, we started to have a family. I mean, we, we were going once, once or twice a year. So, um, you know, we've, we've been quite a lot. Now we actually live, live down in Boca Raton. So we go probably, I don't know, six, seven times a year. Um, pretty much any, and any, any chance we get. And, you know, my, my kids having been raised in a very Disney family, you know, it doesn't take much to get them to, uh, say, you know, or to uh, convince them to say, Hey, you guys want to go to Disney this weekend? It's obviously, you know, they're basically in, in the car before I finish the sentence. <laughs> just, just in terms of, Getting a feel for the whole experience. How, how big is Disney? I don't know. Is it how many parks? How, how, what's the, the, you know, the square mileage? If you can tell me. Um, I, I know it's, it's really, really, you know, loaded with all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, there's, there, there's four main parks, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom. There's, there's two water parks, which are Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon. There's an there's an entire um, uh, shopping and dining district, which is now called Disney Springs. For people that have gone to Disney for you know for a long time, that was the area that used to be known as Downtown Disney and and Pleasure Island. Um, but and then you know they just they just keep building on from there. There's actually now um, an ESPN wide wide world of sports there, where where the Atlanta Braves have have played their spring training games. Um, it's, it's really a massive, massive, um, property, um, with, as you said, I mean, there's just so much to do, um, that you could really cater any, any length of trip to, to, and you'll, and you'll always be doing something different. It's really, it's really incredible. How many different hotels are on the property? Oh man. Um, I mean, roughly, is it like a dozen, two dozen? There's, 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 oh, there's definitely over a dozen, um, there's probably there's probably somewhere close to twenty, maybe even more, 
And Disney just announced this year that that they're building even more. They're building a Star Wars hotel, uh, a Star Wars hotel. They're building a new property for their their vacation club properties. Um, they're actually building um, large additions to two of their moderate properties, which are um, Caribbean Beach and Coronado Springs. So, th- I mean, they just they just don't stop. And you know, I I, I think it's it's just only going to um, you know, enhance the the family experience because they're just adding to everything that that they do, whether it be at the amusement parks, at the hotels, dining, shopping. I mean, it's it's really just it's it's it it's been an incredible place, but it's it's going to be even more incredible even a year from now, two years from now. Do they still have raw land to expand into, or are they they um, maxed out? I I don't think I don't think that they're maxed out. I mean, it definitely doesn't seem that they are because there is still a lot of land. At least when I go and visit, I I see a lot of land, um, and uh, so I don't I I don't think that they're maxed out yet. Because it's fascinating. Um, when you go to Disney today, and you compare it to I don't know twenty years ago, uh, what what's the the evolutionary changes you've witnessed in either uh, the, the technology of the rides or the, the, the way they manage crowds or the way they um, uh, flow the traffic through the park and organize things. What, what have you noticed that, that's changed a lot? You know, well, obviously the technology changes, you know, always. I mean, now you're seeing more, you know, 3D, 4D type type of experiences there. Um you know, and and kind of everything else you said, I I think is hitting it right on the head. Um, I I think just just the overall experience is probably the thing that I notice that just keeps getting, you know, better and better. Obviously, with with the technology, you know, now obviously Disney has their own app where you can actually see the wait times of the rides up up to the second. So you know, back when I was a kid, or even five or ten years ago. You know, it was like, okay, if I'm on one side of the park and I want to see what the weight is for Space Mountain, I had to run over to the other side of the park. Now I could be on a ride and I could be looking at my app and say, okay, well, there's only a 10-minute wait for, you know, Thunder Mountain or whatever ride you're looking for. And you, you're already planning your, your next move while you're currently on a ride. And I think that, that alone sort of, you know, kind of changed the game for a lot, a lot of families, because you know you're no, you're no longer guessing. You're you actually, you know, e- you know, even though you have to have a plan in place, and we that's kind of where we kind of step in. But even even having a plan, you know, at least now you're 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 kind of working with a lot more up up to the minute, in, you know, info to help you basically plan pl- you know plan your day in in the most efficient way possible. I, I've heard from all kinds of people. That the app is a critical component to the the experience, is is that true? Definitely, absolutely. So what is um, the, what is the what does the app do other than tell you uh, the waiting times for rides? What else? Well, so so Disney has has a website and an app. It's it's and it's called My Disney Experience. That's kind of where that's kind of the hub for your entire Disney vacation. It's got your hotel information on it. It's got your ticket information on it. It's got your fast passes. It's got your dining reservations. It's got your memory maker, which is basically your Disney's photo pass service. 
Um, everything's kind of linked there. So, you know, n- not only are, can you use it at, as your guide for the day, just so, just so you know, you know, what you have planned and where and at what times, but when you need to make more fast passes, whereas you have, whereas you used to have to just go to a physical line and wait for a ticket, now you can actually do it on the app. So, you know, similar to what I said before, you know, Disney, Disney gives you three fast passes, um, that you're allowed to book in advance. And if you're staying on property, they, they let you reserve it 60 days in advance. If you're staying off property, it's 30 days in advance. But basically, you, you're allowed to make three reservations ahead of time. Once you're, once you've checked in for that third ride or that third show or, or whatever your third fast pass is, that's when you're allowed to then make your fourth fast pass. And now, and this, this technology has only been out for a few months. Um, because you used to have to go to a kiosk, but now it's basically on the app on your phone. So while you're on that ride or at that show, and you know you've you've checked in and scanned through your third fast pass, now you're making your fourth fast pass. And again, I go back to the up to the minute technology because now you're using it, the app to say, okay, you know, here's what the wait times look you know look like right now. And, and, oh, by the way, I can make a fast pass for this ride in, in 20 minutes or 30 minutes instead of waiting two hours or, or whatever the wait might be. So does that explain why when someone's on the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, they lose their phone because they're reloading their app? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happens. All right. This is Richard Solomon. My very special guest is Disney expert Eric Paul. His website is bestdisneytrips.com. He has an email, which is journey365 at yahoo.com if you want to send him a question directly. And you can give him a call at 516-551-8053. He is a wealth of information, and he is an incredible wealth of knowledge. We'll be right back. Uh, Keep it locked in at Taking Care of Business with Richard Solomon and Eric Paul. Hey, this is Jeff Matson, the Dark Star Orchestra, and you're listening to Richard Solomon on WCWP 88.1 FM. All right, welcome back. Richard Solomon with Disney expert Eric Paul at bestdisneytrips.com, and he's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'll give you all that contact information shortly. Uh, what, what I want to kind of uh, guide the listeners through is, is the experience that they get when they call you. So let's say, let's say for example, I'm, it's 181 days from today, and I want to go to Disney because <laughs> I I heard from the radio show that it was at least 180 days uh, that I had before uh, they opened up the the reservations <laughs> for all Perfect. the food. So Perfect. so uh, in one day from tomorrow, <laughs> plus six months, I'm going to be down in Orlando. I've got my suntan lotion. I've got my bathing suit. I got my flip flops. But that's all I have. That's all I have. What What do we need to do to explore the options? And you know, guide me through the, the the really cool concierge service that you provide. Sure. Well, let me let me first take a step back and kind of tell you what 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 the concierge what the concierge service actually does. So there there's a couple different components of it. Number one are the dining reservations, which you just spoke about, that you can book 180 days in advance. Number two are the fast pass reservations, which, as we said before, if you're staying on property, 60 days in advance. If you're staying off property, 30 days in advance. And then after that, 
we specialize in working with really any type size of family or group to help you with private character experiences, private dining experiences, um, you know, getting special special cakes for special occasions, doing private tours, private safaris, all all different things like that. But but really the biggest part of the concierge service is we actually provide every family with a with a very detailed itinerary that's customized per family that where 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 we actually will go and we will plan every day for you that you're in the park from the minute you walk in until the minute you leave. Um, and what I explain to people with that is no, no itinerary that I've ever done has ever been exactly the same. Um, and they're always quite lengthy because we are literally planning every minute of, of every hour for you. So we, we will have multiple conversations to talk about your family, you know, kids, heights, likes, dislikes, you know, all the characters they want to see, the shows, the rides, all, all that good stuff. And then putting that all together and coming up with a cohesive plan for, for that day. And for, for certain parks like Hollywood Studios that, that mostly have a lot of live shows where you're really bound by showtimes, we'll actually plan the day for you and tell you, you know, at 940, I want you to go to the Disney Junior show. And then at, you know, 1030, you're going to this ride. And at one o'clock, you're going to the Beauty and the Beast live show or, or what have you. So the, the itinerary is, is really the main part of the concierge service. It, it's also the very end of kind of what we do because, you know, we, we start talking to clients six months to a year before their trip. And then at, you know, right at that, at, at that six month mark, we are discussing dining. Then between six months and two months before, we are talking about rides and shows and, you know, basically structuring the uh, days for you. And then th those, those last two months is really what we spend on building that itinerary for the client. And they're, they're very, very lengthy. In fact, a lot of our clients are quite shocked um, when we send it to them because they're not, I don't think that a lot of them realize exactly what it, what it is. And I'll just kind of give you um, an, an example. But for an average trip where you're going maybe to the park for four or five days, the itinerary will be anywhere between 25 and 30 pages long. Um, so it's, it's definitely, um, you know, it's packed with information and it, it, it really exists for you to, to, you know, I always like people to kind of look at it beforehand. I don't expect anyone to, to read all of it or memorize it, but just kind of to, you know, thumb, thumb through it and just get an idea for, for, for how it works. But the idea that I, that, that I, that I have for it is that once you enter the park on day one, you're turning to that day in the guide, and it's almost like I'm there with you, and it's telling you exactly what to do and, and kind of where to go. Um, because the main thing about Disney is, you know, number, number one, you have to have a plan. Um, n number two is there's, there's definitely a process and a flow for, for every park, and, you know, that, that process is really crucial to making sure that you have the most, um, you know, efficient day. You know, I don't ever want to have people that are kind of running from one side of the park to the other and back and forth and back and forth. Um, because it's these, these, these parks are big. You know, obviously, depending on the time of year that you go, it could be hot. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of walking. Um, you know, this, the, these are the kinds of trips when you want to bring your Fitbit and you'll kind of look at it at the end of the day and you'll be, you'll be really amazed with kind of how, how much you walk that day. And is this like at 180 days, is that when you send the email to the parents saying, 
have your kids start going to the treadmill in the gym, <laughs> getting yeah, exactly. ready. <laughs> Absolutely. You, always, you definitely want to work out before. That's, that's without a doubt. And, you know, it's actually, it's, it's, it's not a bad excuse, you know, for, for while you're there to kind of eat whatever you want, because you will definitely walk off a lot of calories while, while you're there. So is what, could you describe the itinerary time? Is it like eight and a half by 11? Is it five by seven? Oh no. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's eight and a half by 11. It's, 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 you know, regular, you know, regular uh, letter size paper. And do you just bring the, the day with you as opposed to the whole week? You know, that's, that, that's a funny question. Um, I mean, I have some people who they'll actually rip out the pages, you know, the four or five pages for that day. I have other people who literally tell me that the guide, it is their Bible and they don't let it out of their hands. Um, so for everybody, it's, it's, it's kind of a personal preference. You know, s- some people want to follow it to, the, you know, to the exact, de- you know, de- the uh, exact detail that we have. Whereas other people just kind of want an idea. Okay, I'm going to Tomorrowland first, and then I'm going to Fantasyland, or you know, however we've structured structured the day for them. So, how do you balance, or what is the interplay between your itinerary and the Disney app? So, do I have like the itinerary in the left hand and the app in the right hand, and I guess a charging cord in my belt or something like that? Yeah. Well, you know, look. Other other than the the exact wait times of of that minute of that day. Um, everything that's, that's kind of in the app is, is already in, in your itinerary. All, all your fast pass information is there, all your dining information is there. You know, any, anything else that, that you will really need for the day is there. The only thing that we can't predict ahead of time, obviously, is what the exact wait times will be for, for all the rides. Now, you know, we have a lot of experience in, in booking trips basically for any, any time of year. So we kind of know on average, um, what the what the wait times are for pretty much every ride, you know, wh- whether it's a vacation week or whether it's the middle of January, um, you know. But but that being said, you know, I I can't you know I can't predict if if a ride will break down or you know if for some reason one one particular ride just maybe got really busy very very early, um, you know. Though that's really the only thing that that I think you kind of need the app for. Is, is just to get those up to the minute wait times. And then, of course, you know, making your additional fast passes once you've used the first three that, that we've already made for you. Your, your information kind of sparked a question, which is what is the rainiest time of the year or rainiest times? Um, the rainiest times, uh, you know, definitely, you know, the, hot, the hotter times in Florida. So, so the summer months and kind of September. Um, th- that's, you know, but, but those are also the times where, you know, it, it might rain really, really heavy for like an hour, but then it'll, it'll be fine the rest of the day. Um, but obviously those, those hotter, you know, Florida months are, 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 are definitely the, uh, rainier times. What's your ideal time to go? I love that question. Um, I get people that not only ask me that question, but they, they already have, you know, sort of ideas in in their head, whether it be from friends of theirs or family members that have already gone or things they've read on the internet. I've had people tell me, I heard you have to go in the beginning of December or you should never go to the Magic Kingdom on the weekend or you should only or or you should never go to the Magic Kingdom on a Monday. I mean, I hear all sorts of crazy, crazy things. The only thing I tell people is this. I go, it's it's Disney World. It's busy 365 days of the year. There's definitely times where it's what I'll call ludicrous busy, and those are the vacation weeks, which we've already spoken about. 
Um, but I, I, I really can't say that that there's a benefit to going at, at, at some time of the year over another because the truth is, is Disney's really figured everything out. They, you know, it used to be kind of early December and and early January were the better times to go. But now Disney has the has the uh, Christmas party in in uh, December, and that attracts a lot of crowds, you know. And then and then in January now they're now they're doing this 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 whole Broadway thing with 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 Epcot, and then after that is the is the Flower and Garden Festival, and there's so there's there's there's, there's always things going on. Um, so, I mean, I, I just tell people, I, I always say, you know, go whenever it's most convenient from you, for, for, for you. You know, I get a lot of people who, you know, maybe they're teachers or obviously they're, they, they, they can only go during the breaks or over the summer, be, you know, because of the kids. Um, but for the most part, I just really try to plan them the best vacation I can, you know, for whenever it is that, that they are able to go. And to be completely honest with you, um, the hardest thing that I've seen nowadays is, is, is really the airfare. You know, a lot of times, you know, the air, which, which used to be, you know, two to three hundred dollars a ticket, now I'm seeing flights for February and April where people are paying between five and eight hundred dollars, you know, for a round trip ticket. And that obviously is kind of a game changer for a lot of customers that are trying to work within a specific budget. So that's why I always tell people, tell me what is the, you know, the, the ideal time for you to go, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's the kids or whether it's the time you can get off of work and we'll, we'll make, you know, the best trip possible. When, when let, let's talk about food because food's always you know, a fun topic. Um, what are the different kinds of food options and what do you like? And, and what uh, do you dining, is, dining happens to be my favorite part of Disney. Um, and, you know, first thing is I always tell my clients and, and I really mean this when I say to them, I said, I can talk to you about Disney 24 hours a day. So if you have a question, I don't, it, it, you can email me, you can text me. It doesn't matter how early, how late. I could talk Disney all day long. When I'm in my, when I'm at home and not work, doing work stuff, I'm either on two websites. I'm either on a Disney website or I'm on an ESPN website. <laughs> so anything to do with those two topics, I could talk about all day long. And especially with Disney, I love, I love the uh, food and dining there. Um, I'm kind of shocked by some people that sort of come in with the notion that it, that it's an amusement park and the food is not going to be good. And um, wh- while that could be the case for some other parks, and that we could go into a whole, whole whole other show about that, but Disney has so many great restaurant options that, um, to be honest, you know, unless you're going for for you know two two full weeks, I mean, there's just not enough time to kind of visit all of them. Um, and now, one of the most popular times of the year to go to Disney is between September and uh, um, mid mid November because of the um, Epcot International Food Festival. Um, well, it's actually called the Food and Wine Festival, um, which is an unbelievable uh, food and and wine experience. Where you know Epcot kind of has two different parts to it. It has a park called Future World, which which kind of has all of their rides and attractions. And then, and then the second part is called World Showcase, which is where they have all the different countries. Um, and during the, the Food and Wine Festival, all those countries sort of set up these little kiosks right outside the basically the main pavilion of each country well, where they'll, they'll serve, you know, any, any, you know, little kind of tapas, anything from like a, you know, like a five to eight dollar item, as well as, you know, whatever the, 
the um, you know popular beverage from that particular country might be. You know, Germany will have their beers, and Italy has their wines, and and so on and so forth. But in addition to that, you have you know be, you have other countries that that don't have pavilions within Epcot. They actually set up their own booths there as well. So you could literally just walk your way around World Showcase uh, during the Food and Wine Festival and just eat your way through it. Um, the best part about it is it's it's not a separate ticket in order to get into it. You you just need to have a ticket to get into Epcot, and then once you're there, you can just kind of walk through it, and then you know you 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 will pay for kind of whatever you eat and drink. Um, but as I said, the, everything there is pretty much in that five to eight dollar range. Um, but but if you happen to be on the dining plan, there's a lot of those um, items that you can actually use your snacks from the dining plan for, which we could have a, an entire show just in the dining plan. I have to. I, I can imagine that you're that you're very full at the end of the show. You know, uh, at the end of the day when you do the, the international food thing, because I've I've covered the international food shows at the Javits Center in New York. And literally, you do eat your way from, you know, left to right, north to south. Yep, and, absolutely. And, and you know, I usually end the show with, "Okay, we're full. We can, we can't eat anything else. We, <laughs> we're really done." <laughs> not, exactly. not even like a tea or anything like that. You know, right? Exactly. Uh, we only have a couple of minutes left in this segment, but talk to me about this whole food program with the the snacks and the and the meals. We sure. may, we, we may start this and then. Uh, Continue it to the third segment. But how, yeah, does, how so, does that work? So, yeah, so so Disney has a great dining plan. Um, they have a couple different options. They have a quick service option. They have they have what they call a standard dining plan, and then they have a, and then they have a deluxe dining plan. Most of my clients will do what's called the standard dining plan. So that's kind of what I'll focus on. Um, and with that plan, it's actually done done by the number of nights nights that you go. Um, and so for every night that you go, every person in your party will get one table service meal, one quick service meal, and two snacks per person per night. And what that means is a table service meal is any restaurant where you have a waiter or waitress. Um, a quick service meal is like a fast casual type of a place where you would, where you would walk up to a, to a counter, you would order your food, they would hand it to you, and then you would go and sit down and eat it. Snacks can really be anything, and there's literally hundreds of different things that you can use snacks for. It could be a popcorn, it could be a water, it could be a soda, a pretzel, ice cream, bagels, muffins, yogurt, fruit, candy. Um, one of my personal favorites, which is called a Dole Whip, which is an ice cream and uh, pineapple uh, uh, drink beverage that, that is very, very popular for anyone that frequents Disney. Um, but there's there's literally hundreds and hundreds of things that uh, you can use snacks on. Now, what I love about the dining plan is, um, you know, and we 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 not only book Disney, but we're you know we're a full service agency and we book people all around the world. Um, and there's all different types of resorts that have different dining plans. And people that go to these resorts, they're kind of used to you know with with those types of dining plans where you're restricted to certain restaurants. And when you get to that restaurant, it's a it's a special menu. Disney has completely done away with that, and they make it very easy. It's all the restaurants, with the, with the exception of like one or two, which is like Il Molino and a couple others that are in some of the off-property hotels. Um, but it's pretty much every restaurant in all the parks, in all the hotels, in, and in Disney Springs. And um, it's the same menu that everyone else gets. The only difference is you've paid for your food in advance. So when you sit down at, at a meal, 
the waiter or waitress will always ask you two questions to start. They're going to ask you, do you have any allergies or dietary restrictions? And then they're going to ask you, are you on the dining plan? And the only reason they're asking that is so they know whether you've already paid for it or if they have to sort of bill you a la carte. And basically, when you're on the dining plan and you're at a table service restaurant, if it's, if it's not a buffet, they'll just say, okay, with, with, with the dining plan, you can get any entree, you can get any um, non-alcoholic beverage or alcoholic beverage, and any uh, dessert. All right, hold, it, hold, it, hold it right there. We're, we'll be right back. Rich Solomon, Eric Paul, bestdisneytrips.com. Hi, this is Rory Cosgrove, and you're listening to Rich Solomon on WCWP 88.1 FM. All right, welcome back, Disney fans. Richard Solomon, Eric Paul, bestdisneytrips.com. I, I didn't mean to cut him off for that last segment, but uh, there's so much to talk about. Uh, real fast, in case you wanted to know this quick contact information, it's bestdisneytrips.com. His email, Eric's email, is journey365 at yahoo.com. His phone number is 516-551-8053. All right, so we're talking about Disney dining. Oh, by the way, uh, you can catch him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, look under uh, Journey365 Travel in Facebook. Twitter, it's Journey365. So the wait, the wait staff will come up to you and they'll say, are you allergic to anything? Do we need to know any restrictions? And uh, are you on the plan? So then... What happens? Right. So no. So so just from there, it really just means that, that you've sort of paid, paid paid for your food in advance, and you know there's there's a lot of benefits to to the dining plan. Um, you know, and as I said, I'm a I'm a huge fan of the dining plan. I always tell my clients that you know whenever I go, I always use it just because I think it's really easy, and I think that if you that that if you know how to use it and you use it the right way, it could actually save you a, you know about maybe ten to twenty percent you know um, also, um, and you know I get in, obviously I get into a lot of discussions with people about the dining plan and sort of the you know the the, the pros and the cons, um, and you know one of the mo- one of the most common uh, you know, comments I get from a lot of parents are, you know, my, my, my kids are sort of picky eaters and, you know, I don't know if it's going to be worth it for us. And, you know, what I always say is this is, you know, even though I'm a huge fan of the dining plan, I sort of base everything around the, the dining reservations that, that, that we make for clients. So for right, right now, um, for, for this year and for 2018, it's roughly about $25 to $26 a night for a child for, for the dining plan. But what I try and explain to people is, you know, and, and, and that might seem a lot because if you're just buying, you know, a, a kid's meal at the park, you know, for, for two or three meals, you know, it might be less than that. But if you're going to do any, any of these, you know, character dining experiences, any of these character breakfasts. I mean, it's it's anywhere between twenty five and thirty three dollars for a child just to eat at that one meal. So if you're going to have a a character breakfast or a character dinner, you know that tw- that twenty five twenty six dollars a night that you've paid for for the entire day for that child, you're already getting your value just from that one meal because all you're doing is basically using your table service meal for that 25 or 26 dollars that when you get to the restaurant costs that or a couple of dollars more 
plus the child is going to get an additional quick service meal and two snacks for that day. So that's, you know, just one of the things that, 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 that I really like about the plan. Um, but as I said, I always, um, I always book reservations first, and then from that, I cater the uh, dining plan around that. And that's because sometimes I get people that even say to me, oh, I, th- I think we want the deluxe meal plan. And, and the only difference between the deluxe and, and the standard plan is the, with, with the deluxe plan, they're giving you three meals per person per night. And then you can decide what that is. If you want to do three sit-down meals in, in, in one day, that's fine. If you want to do two sit-down meals and one quick service, that, that's fine too. But I'll sometimes talk a lot of clients out of the deluxe plan just because I'll explain to them that, you know, you might be going for four nights and maybe you have five restaurants reserved, so you'll have to pay out of pocket for one of them. Well, for you to pay out of pocket for that one meal might only cost you $150 for your whole family. But for me to upgrade you to the deluxe plan might cost you an additional four or five hundred dollars. So, you know, we, we use a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of math whenever we are, you know, recommending to clients which, which dining plan that, 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 that they should do. But for the most part, it's the standard plan and then paying out of pocket for, you know, an extra meal or two if, 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 if they have to. What, uh, what are your favorite restaurants? Oh, um, for me, everything sort of revolves around a place called Ohana, which is in the Polynesian. Um, you know, for any clients or any of my family or friends, I mean, they know that's that's my um, that's my end all be all for for all the Disney restaurants. In fact, whenever I go, um, I normally post pictures on 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 our you know Facebook or or just blogging um, of pretty much every course that we eat and friends of mine do, you know, do, do the same as well. Just, just because, uh, you know, we all, we all love it so much. Um, it's, it's a really great restaurant. It's a Hawaiian theme restaurant. Um, it's good for kids because they, they, uh, normally have like a, a ukulele player walking around and, and he or she does games with the kids and gives them lays and stuff. And then with, with the food, it's a lot of like pan Asian type of appetizers, pot stickers, honey chicken wings, the best lo mein I've ever had in my life, stir fried vegetables, stuff like that. And then for dinner, it's almost like a, like going to Brazilian steakhouse where they come around with, with, with different meats on skewers. Um, it's normally like like a steak and a chicken, sometimes pork, and then uh, usually shrimp. Um, and then and then for dessert, they give you this incredible um, bread pudding with this hot bananas foster sauce. Oh, wow. as, as I said, I could I could talk for hours on dining, um, just because I, I I love the restaurants at Disney that much. But Ohana is one of my favorites. Um, I love um, California Grill, which is on top of the Contemporary, is very good. There's there's a new restaurant, or I should say a newer restaurant in Animal Kingdom called Tiffin's that's very good. There's another Pan-Asian restaurant in Animal Kingdom called Yak and Yeti, which is one of my hidden gems. Um, it's a restaurant that not that many people know about. If people are, you know, taking trips there and they read things on the Internet, it might not be a restaurant that they, know, that, that they either hear of or that their friends have told them about. But anyone that goes there really, really loves it. It's got really great food. Um, after that, um, uh, my family also loves the 50s Diner in Hollywood Studios, which is a great Disney experience restaurant. I get a lot of that also from people. You know, a lot of my customers, when they go to Disney, 
even though they want to eat good food, they want to go to a restaurant that's an experience. They don't want to go to a restaurant, you know, especially people that are coming from New York. I could send them to a couple of good Italian restaurants on Disney property, but you have that in New York. They want to go to a restaurant where, you know, not, not, and it's not just characters, but any kind of experience. And the 50s Diner is a great experience restaurant. It's set up like being in someone's house in the 50s. When you, when you sit in the waiting room, you're actually sitting, it looks like you're sitting in someone's living room. When they come to seat you at your table, they'll say, they'll say, you know, for my family, they'll say, Paul kids, dinner, and they'll bring you into the restaurant. And then my, my ch- children's favorite part about the restaurant is all the waiters and waitresses there are sort of playing a part as a mother, as a mom or dad from the 50s. So they're going to tell you to get your elbows off the table. They're going to tell you to eat your vegetables. They're, they're going to, and the funny thing is, is they're all the sweetest people, but they're playing this part. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you might ask them something and, you know, they'll come back with like a quick, a quick remark, but it's all in good fun. But it's a really, really fun atmosphere. It's comfort food, fried chicken, pot roast, meatloaf, salmon, stuff like that. Um, so it's, you know, the food is good. And it's, it's, it, as I said, it's, it's just a great, um, experience restaurant. Should, when I go, should I slouch or something just to, <laughs> just to invoke the experience? Yeah. Well, you know, my, you know, my uh, wife went, was actually texting on her phone once and they made her stand in the corner with, with her nose to the wall. So yeah, you got to be careful because they will uh, definitely call you out. And again, stuff like that, you know, when you're doing that to a parent, you know, the kids just love it. And, and not only that, but the people that are there are great, and they've been there for, for years. I mean, we, when my, my oldest is now 12, and when he was about three or four, um, we actually went there, and we, have, and we actually took a pic- picture with the waitress when my oldest was, I think, four, and my, and my younger one was two. And just, just last summer, we, we went back, and she's still there, and we took another picture with, with, my, with my kids who, instead of being two and four are now 12 and 10. And now I have a seven year old and she actually posted it on, on her Facebook page, both, both pictures. So, that's, that's you know, really and that's, cool. and that's just the type of experience you get at Disney. It's just, it's a, it's just a fun place and a great place. And, you know, the, the cast members there are really, really amazing and they all go out of their way to, to, to basically, you know, make it as, as fun of an experience for, for every single person that walks through those gates as, I, as they can. All right, we we don't have a lot of time left, which is shocking. <laughs> uh, let's let's do kind of a lightning round. What what are the things that we didn't cover that people really need to know or really need to ask? You know, of you. Um, you know, we we basically start with people. You know, when I get clients, the first they always want to talk about rides, and to me, rides are the last thing because I I need to do the hotel first, I need to do the dining first. So, and I always tell people. You know, don't worry about the rides. We'll, 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 we'll get to all that. And let's, so we always try and structure it around, you know, first of all, how many people, you know, what type of accommodations are you looking for? Um, you know, do you want one room? Do you need two rooms? Um, are you looking for a hotel that has, you know, thing, things to do there? I have plenty of people that just kind of want a room to stay at because they don't plan to be at the room. I have other people who, you know, they, they, they need to structure sort of some pool time either every day or maybe a pool day in the middle. Um, so that's, that's kind of how we start with it. Um, you know, other, uh, other than that, it's, it's, it's more, you know, how, how many days are you looking to go? How many parks do you want to do? You know, and, and we can help answer, answer all those questions, but a lot of times people kind of already know. 
Um, my, my favorite type of customer are the people that call me and they say, we want to go to Disney and we literally know nothing. That's the easiest cl- customer for me just because, you know, we know the questions to ask and we know how to structure these trips. You know, it's, it's, and just so that, you know, that, that they'll, that, that we make sure that they're going to experience everything that they want to and to ensure that they have the best time possible. What, what are the misconceptions you come across? Um, the misconceptions, I, I, you know, again, I think we already touched on this is, you know, the number one thing I, I, I hear is people that think that, that the food there is not going to be good, um, which is couldn't be further from the truth. Um, the other thing I think people don't really realize is, um, you know, I, I, think, it go, I think it goes back to, you know, the, the whole that, that they have to go to certain parks on certain days. Or the, the other big one, I should say, is Disney has something which is called Extra Magic Hours, which if you're staying at a, at a Disney um, on-property on hotel, um, typically one park will open an hour earlier every day. And I say typically because sometimes it's not every day. But typically one park will stay open, you know, maybe two hours later um, for a, a, a particular night. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people will will want to go to the parks on those extra magic hours and rightfully so um but you know a lot of times we actually recommend people don't go to those to those parks on those days because because they tend to be more crowded plus you know the average um on 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 average the parks open around 9 sometimes depending on the year like magic kingdom could could open at 8 and if they have extra magic hours in the morning, that means that that means that that they're opening up at seven a.m. So you know, unless you're a family like like mine that's going to wake up as early as possible to get to the park as soon as it opens, you know, that might you know I don't want to I don't want to suggest someone go to Magic Kingdom because it has extra magic hours in the morning between seven and eight and or between eight and nine when they tell me you know what, they have to get up, they have to eat breakfast, and they're not the earliest risers, and they might not get there till 9.30. Well, you're just going to go to a park that's already going to be more crowded by the time you get there. So, you know, we 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 try and structure it, you know, I, I, I actually do it based on dining. I always do dining first, and if it happens to be that we schedule some, you know, a day or two with extra magic hours, great. If not, I, I actually kind of think that it, it benefits people not not to go there not 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 all the time but on but on certain times of the year it doesn't I don't think that it actually helps I think it actually hurts what what are the super crowd pleasers um, especially the when people come back and and didn't didn't have an expectation about something but said wow this was you know incredible I had no idea it would be this cool you know yeah well there's it's 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 Typically, the uh, newer type things. So, like right now, the big the big craze is um, uh, pa- Pandora, which is the Avatar Land in uh, Animal Kingdom. Disney opened that park last um, last May, and um, th- there's th- there's actually only two rides there. One's called Avatar Flight of Passage. The other is called the Navi River Journey. The Avatar Flight of Passage is very similar to a ride called Soarin', which is in Epcot. We actually call it Soarin' on steroids because it's Soarin' to like another extreme. It's a 4D experience. You're you're on this motorcycle type of a harness where it's actually you're you're pretending that you're riding one of the banshees from the movie, and it's actually flying you through the the world of 
of Pandora. It's really, really incredible. The problem is it's the newest craze. So, I mean, even if you're getting there at, you know, 9 or 9.30 or right when the park opens, I mean, that ride, we've seen three to four hour hour lines within the first hour of the park being open. It's really, really crazy. Um, the other really popular thing right now is is anything Star Wars, and especially um, there, there's a great Star Wars activity in Hollywood Studios that, that's called um, Jedi Training. For that, the kids have to be at least four years old, and it's a class that you sign up for, and they actually give them robes and lightsabers, and they pretend that they're that they're in the, that they're training to become Jedi, and they actually will fight against Darth Vader or Kylo Ren or some of the other villains from from some of the other Star Wars movies. The only thing about that experience, and this is another thing that sometimes people don't know, this is it's not a fast. You can't fast pass it, and the only way to sign up for a class is to actually go to the park on that day. So if the park's opening at nine, we basically tell people you need to be there either at nine or as close to nine as possible, because probably within the first 30 to 45 minutes, it's possible that all the classes might, might, might get filled up for the whole day. And, you know, obviously, you know, when, when you have kids that are really into Star Wars and they're really looking forward to that experience, you know, we want to make sure that, that, that they obviously get to enjoy it. Um, so I, I can't really say that anyone that I've ever had has ever missed a, a Jedi training class because they've always followed what, you know, they've always been pretty good with following our tips and when to go and kind of how to, how to navigate that park. Um, but it's a really, really fun experience. And um, that's probably the one thing between that and the Pandora and maybe a couple of rides here and there. But the Jedi training is really popular right now with, with a lot of families. All right. And with that, we're out of time. So let, let's give let's give that the, the information for people on the tail end of the show. Uh, we, it, we were listening uh, to the great tips and advice and strategies from Eric Paul from bestdisneytrips.com. you got to check out his website. They're on Facebook, Twitter. His email is journey365 at yahoo.com. And you can give him a call at 516-551-8053. Thanks for listening. And by the way, for those who went to Starfleet Academy, <laughs> we'll have to see how the, the, the two schools compare. Anyway, thanks for listening. Eric, a pleasure. You'll have to come back for another show. because Would love to. Thanks uh, so much for having me, Rich. There's just so much to talk about. And uh, I, I can't wait to fly down to Florida and eat all the food and kind of do a show live there with you. So anyway, we'll see you all in a week. Thanks for listening. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit WCWP.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.